0: This breakout session is called "The Devil Stole Sex." So here's Jeff. It
1: is. <laughs> it is. And when he stole sex, he stole. Uh, when he stole love, he stole sex. He stole the whole argument, because if we do, if if we lose love in the relationship, in the narrative, in the conversation, if we lose love, we lose the whole thing. We really do. There abides faith, hope. And love. And the greatest, right? The greatest of these is really it's not even truth. <laughs> you know, we, we would love it to be that way. And the greatest of these is not even grace. Although you could say grace and love are the same, right? So, yeah. Uh, what I want to do is become uh, much more practical in this session. And I know that I'll, I will probably, uh, excuse me, <coughs> wow, where did that come from? I've never done that in a session. I've never done that preaching or speaking. That was wild. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, in the last session, in the main session, I did a theology of sexuality, okay? Um, so I'm going to stay away from that a little bit and not necessarily uh, help you. If you didn't come to the other session and you're like, man, I need scriptures, listen to that session, okay? Because I, get, I walk you through six stops from Genesis to, ex- Genesis to Revelation, all the way through, okay? Um, if it helps you, the uh, creation intent, okay, from Moses and creation, the... The uh, wisdom intent in Psalms and uh, the wisdom literature, you know, all the way through to Song of Solomon, uh, and really you could throw Job in there too. But and, and then the messianic intent, which is Christ and His words, and then the Pauline intent, Paul, and the scriptures there again. They're in the book. I can, you know, if you want to take a shot of them, I can throw those up there too. Um. And then Jude, who happened to be the uh, half-brother of Christ, who had a, a mic drop moment to say in that area. And then finally, John, you know. So when you look at, everybody get a shot of that it needed to? Yeah. Um, it's in the book, too. So that's chapter 2 is there. Actually, it's those six stops and multiple other verses also dealing with the Levitical uh, conversation and uh, Deuteronomy. There's a lot of different l- stops that we do through Scripture, First Timothy, et cetera. So um, when you look at what we're going to do today, I want to I answer some questions that you might have as it comes to practice and uh, methodology. <laughs> we looked at philosophy and theology, hopefully countering me and culture. <laughs> right and ideology this is how I feel about the topic with that biblical framework now I want to look at how does this practice out what, what do we do as leaders if or when because it's going to happen so I want to I want to go there again I just want to say I am NOT the authority on this uh, my way is not right or wrong okay Um, I I may say things that you would do differently, and that's so okay. I happen to have the mic in this moment, (laughs) and I'm the guest in this moment, so you can hear what I have to say. But please, I do not want you thinking that it has to be done this way. I don't even think that way, right? So, you know, man, I'm sure that if people wanted to, they could walk through this book They've already tried to do it, actually. (laughs) And pick out phrases and sentences and things that I said and build a case against me in Scripture. Right? It can happen. I don't even know if I believe half the stuff I've said the last 28 years, 38 years in youth ministry. I don't even know if I believe half that stuff, right? Hold it. Did I say that? (laughs) You ever been there? Right? Yeah. Oh, hold it. This was recorded? You mean I wrote a book? And it said right. So you have to look at context. You gotta look at the whole thing. We are great. We are so great at deconstruction. Okay? Not reconstruction. We are so great at deconstruction when it comes to sound bites. And that is dangerous. Let's not look at sound bites. Let's look at let's let's look at life ministry let's look at a life of said content not just sound bites okay so hopefully in this short time i can help you walk through some of these practicals uh i would really love to and to be honest i've already started i just don't have the time today to do a session here called five fallacies of sexuality and what it, what it does, It's again, it's in the book, but uh, I deal with the f- like five of the most important phrases that people make or things that people say, uh, argumentative things that people say and address those five most important things. For example, Jonathan and David had a homosexual relationship, so why would... The, the, you know why, how can you build scripture against it? And God even said that David was after his own heart, right? So you know the argument there. My argument there is okay. I, 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 let's say that were true. Then how do you reconcile that he was married and also lusted outside of that marriage and uh, repented? Of that specific act of breaking his vows. Okay, Psalm 51. How do you reconcile that with your statement? So, um, you know, you really have to be mindful of how to work around, you know, the work around apologetics, um, the philosophical argument to get people to, you know, when I'm sitting at a table at a, a real-life story, just happened in the past month. I'm sitting at a table, and there's several LG Plus there. And uh, by, by using that term, if you haven't heard, instead of just LGBTQIA+, <laughs> that community really goes by LG Plus, a lot of them now, instead of throwing, because they really are trying to escape the whole queer argument also. They don't want that in with them. So I, I have just, over the last you know, a year, been using LG Plus. Um, Anyway, I'm at that table, and one of them brings that up. You know, he, what about? And you you just help them work around. Just help them walk through it. Uh, And if that were true, then we know that if, if I give you that gay relationship, which is a huge stretch, if I give you that, then you're telling me that there's transformation at the end of that relationship. As David repented, right? And so, how do you reconcile that? You you got to get people thinking all the way through. Um, so that I, I do have a session built around that, but we don't have time for that. So let me. I want to get practical with you in a ministry setting. A student comes to you, and uh, youth ministry or children's ministry. A student comes to you, and says, "I'm struggling." with homosexual thoughts, I'm struggling, let's go outside of the LG plus conversation, I'm struggling with having sex with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, and I don't think it's wrong or whatever, right? So this is, a, this is sexual immorality, okay? And we're agreeing at this point, because you'd have to listen to the first session, that sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman, sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sin. from Genesis to Revelation, there is no confusion about that. Zero confusion in the scriptures. And to portend that is is honestly uh, scriptural malpractice. (laughs) So, this person comes to you and they want to get involved in the youth ministry. So we have two, I like to explain it this way. There are there are two ways to handle this. There's attendance and involvement. And within an involvement, there are two ways to handle this. There is leading programs and leading people. You see where I'm going? So, in solving this issue, we let me begin with the first one, attendance. We want everyone to come. We want everyone to be a part of what's going on. It doesn't matter if it's LG+. Plus, if it's bullies, if it's cutters, if it's liars, if it's disobedient to parents, Ten Commandments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? We want all to come. But that's the, please, attendance shouldn't be an issue for any of us. Now, Certainly, we want there to be some kind of cultural control, you know, in the setting. And I have said many, many times with my leaders and those who run the place, you know, outside and as they're coming in or in the lobby or whatever, uh, who they sit with, uh, I need my leaders spread out so we can control, you know, any kind of behavior that happens to go against what we're believing, what we believe in here and we need to correct it. Whether that's just talking out of turn, whether that's bullying somebody, whether that's stalking, et cetera, Right? Uh, Smoking, so all of those things together. Here's what here's the way I've approached that. Yes, we want you to come, but could you at least abide by the rules of the house, right? When you go to the mall, you just don't pop open a cigarette and start. You just don't walk into a store and abuse the 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 the, the merch. When you walk in, you don't. When you're at the at school, you just don't go walk over and pound somebody because you feel like you want to. Or you have a beef with them, or they're from another tribe, and you, right? So if we're going to do that at the mall or at school, then you're going to do that here. There's a certain set of standards by which we operate, correct? So that's, that's the whole attendance thing. Please all come. I've had to sit before boards and explain that, because they didn't like students coming who had a reputation. I'll never forget when uh, a student had been coming to our youth ministry who was a, who was a werewolf. Well, he thought he was a werewolf. Nah, I kid you not. Andrew was his name. And he got the fake teeth drilled into his gums and dyed everything jet black and looked like, right? He, he groomed himself that way, the whole the hair, the whole thing. And uh, when he started coming, all the kids knew him from school. And uh, honestly, the students were cool with it. It was adults who were not. (laughs) And maybe, maybe, honestly, uh, I'd only been there about a year. Maybe it was a lack of trust. They didn't know me, who I'm drawing in. And there had already been other students coming who were from the party scene and whatever, right? So I have to build, as a leader, respect amongst not just the students who are much more forgiving, but parents who allow their kids to come who might be homeschooled who don't see werewolves at home, <laughs> right? And deacons who are in control of this place and could be sued if something, right, there's a lot of buy-in here. So I have to be able to communicate to people that this is a safe place for everyone, not just the werewolf, <laughs> If this is a safe place for the PKs and a safe place for the DKs and the whatever. So I build that reputation on attendance with communication. Does that make sense? And I've had to sit with them and say, listen, this kid is not going to bother anybody. We've already got an understanding with him, right? That he's not going to put this on anybody else. And he sits by, his name was Bradley, who is one of our uh, best youth leaders, who is also a bodybuilder. See, I was born at night, but not last night, okay? And so I know how to handle some of that stuff. And you just say, okay, but if you don't have a bodybuilder, try a crossfitter. I don't know. Try, just try a tough old guy. I don't know, whatever. Get some people that can handle it. Alton, like Alton, right? Yeah. Just bring Alton over, and he'll throw his weight around, and everything will be great. So you just communicate at the attendance level. Let me move on. What about involvement? So, yes, everybody can come to us, but what if they want to get involved? Well, here's a conversation that would be great for you to have. The difference between involvement in leading programs and involvement in leading people. Okay? Am I speaking clear? You understand what I mean by that? Involving someone in leading programs has less qualifications than involving someone who's leading people. Can we all agree on that? Probably. Some of you. Okay, the DYD did, so I'm good. (laughs) Because that's all that matters. (laughs) I've been left out of districts. I've been asked not to come to a camp since my book has been published. Because of my stance on a lot of things, that I'm not strong enough with my brother, I've been told. That I'm not clear enough on salvation and being born again. That I'm not clear enough on this issue of involvement. And so I've had, you know, events cancel and whatever. And I'm so okay with that. You think I didn't, you think when I decided to write this, that didn't cross my mind? (laughs) Uh, Ariana Huffington, some of you heard of the Huffington Post, want to do a interview with my brother and I. The evangelical pastor, conservative pastor, and the gay Republican icon, right? And so they contacted Rick, my brother, uh, Richard Grinnell, and it's like, uh, is this good for any of us? Nope. <laughs> I talk to our superintendent. I talk to you know, the people around me. And they're like, nobody wins here, right? So that's not going to happen. So I understand these kind of things, OK, and that it's going to happen. But let me break this down to what it really looks like. So somebody, a teenager comes, and they want to lead at some level. I tell them, the easiest way for you to lead is over programs. At this point and here's the qualifications i want you to attend and i want you to at least have this behavioral code of conduct that's accepted i don't even care if you're not born again hello (laughs) right because i mean it really at some point i may not even know until fruit and so if you're coming and you and you want to help at the sign up table or you want to work on the IT in the back, or you want to lead something other than people, I'm a little loose with that qualification, really am. always have been because to me, that is an entry point for discipleship. I get that person working a table back with one of my leaders, always at leaders over the student teams, and then there are students at that table signing kids up when they walk in or hitting their QR code, however you do it today, right? And that student who wants to be involved and have a place in the church is sitting there surrounded by people that love them, that have already shown me qualifications that, you know, where they can lead a program. And now I have them in this spiritual formation moment and they are having to adjust their life and language and what's going on in that moment as they work holding signs out in, the, out in the parking lot as they come in. Here is this LG Plus. Here is this kid who's still trying to decide whether he likes his parents or not and ran away from home, and they're holding a sign welcoming you here to this house of misfits. Hello? And so... This one young man, uh, one, one young lady walks into the youth ministry, and we're finishing up worship team. It's about an hour before everything's going to start. And so the worship team gets down front, and they're in a circle, and they're uh, starting their devotional time and prayer time to get ready for youth. And I'm kind of walking, and a girl walks in and sits down and says, can I talk to you, PJ? And I'm like, yeah. And, and I know she's been struggling with the, that gay lifestyle. But now she tells me I want to have a I want to have the, the, the operation. I want to start the medication. I want to go trans. Uh, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, oh, I uh, talked to your parents about that. Yeah, I have. And they're basically going to kick me out. And I'm wondering how you guys feel about me here. Right? And I didn't even have to think because in my mind, I'm thinking, I love you. I don't care what you're doing. So I just simply said, I I loved on her, hugged on her. I said, yes, of course you can be here. I said, see that one over there? He's the bass player. And he's not perfect. There's some expectations. And the other girl over here who works as a singer, I know what she's working on. Yes, our expectations. And they've met those qualifications to lead people. But you just walked into a place where nobody here is perfect. Including myself. And I said to her, I'm not the best father. Nor am I the best husband sometimes. But if you'll have grace with me, then we're going to work through this. Now, what you're doing is exactly what I said. I completely disagree with. And you are messing with God's sanctity right the sanctity of gender and I don't agree with it at all but if you're here you're gonna you're gonna understand that you're gonna use your cisgender bathroom that you were born into and that the doctor said you were a little girl you're not gonna use another bathroom you're gonna use that one you are gonna be called by Anna, not Andy. Okay, am I being real clear here? You're not they, Z, Zah, well, you are Anna here. Because if, if I change the rules of the entire game for you, that doesn't say that I love you. That says I'm confused. Do you see the language I'm using? Confusion. So at some point, LG+, not they, I didn't use the word they, because I don't like bringing that distinction, man. we got to stop that. I know sometimes it still slips, but you know Like even my editor went to the book and said, Jeff, you did a phenomenal job of separating those pronouns and, and not separating them from us, right? And we have to get better at that in, in the church. So I just said to, I just said to her... This is who you are, and this is how we're going to treat you. But yes, do you know that she was so committed to being there, and ended up getting involved about a month later, even though she had started the medication. She did great on the story. She ended up not going through with it, Yeah, had a collision course with her best friend. Peer, a peer. This is where peer theology worked. <laughs> peer theology normally doesn't work. It's not real pure. <laughs> peer theology does not always look like pure theology, but it did work in this case, and it was a beautiful story, but that's how I handled that. Attendance, now involvement, a um, little less qualification. Then we moved to, I'll hit this area, then I'll, gra- I'll go, go there, so hang on to it. Now, the area of leading people. Those qualifications to me are a little more important. And it's beyond attending. I want them to be born again, okay, and not practicing known sin. I didn't say perfect, but I use the term progress. Because none of us in here are perfect, but I'm not practicing known sin, okay? So with that, I allow them, even within the leading of of people, I allow them some grace, but have removed people from leading small group, from leading worship. I've removed them from mentoring leading people. I've removed them at, at times when they would be honest with me because we had leader meetings. We had student leader meetings. Every single month. So, dozens and dozens, depending on where I was, uh, sometimes it was a handful, sometimes it was dozens of student leaders every month. And I would go through the checklist. I had seven questions that I would ask those students from financial, to relational, to family, to sexual, to personal, right? And then the last question was always Have you lied to me with your answers on any of the last previous six questions? <laughs> And if, they, and if they were not up to date in living that, I would ask them, now you signed the covenant, do you need to step off the worship team for a month? I can't tell you how many students said yes. I, Pastor Jeff, I honor this team, and I honor what God is doing on this team, and yeah, I need to step down if, if you don't mind. And we wouldn't even make it public. We'd just take them off the list, let them work on the issue they were working on, and great. One of them happened to be Mark Benson, Wayne... Benson's boy. Wayne Benson was the pastor I worked for for 11 years in Grand Rapids at First Assembly. And his boy comes to me. This is a public, you know, I've told the story, you know, comes to me. We worked this thing out, remove himself as a drummer, asked him to do these things, and he didn't really take care of those, you know, came back, uh, removed, drum, uh, you know, deal with the issues. Now, everything. And he's a pastor. It was a youth pastor, he's a pastor today but we walk through the way we're going to do this with everyone, okay? So when you look at attendance, involvement, leadership over programs, involvement, leadership over people, there's a cycle of of responsibility and qualification that I expect there, okay? All right. Another story another to help you with the practical part. A student comes to me and says to me, I think there's another student that is blowing smoke over you and they are practicing this, that her and her boyfriend are sexually immoral. Okay? So this is not the LQ, LG plus discussion, but they're sexually immoral. How do you handle that? What do you do? Do you take that suit for their word? Do you, right? So what I've often done, I've done this four or five times. I said, okay, have you talked to them? Here's a peer. If it's an adult, I'll do the same thing. Have you spoken to them about it? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Will you go with me? Oh, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean I, don't know, I don't know about that. So what you're telling me is that you're not hearing real good information, and you're not sure, right? Just help kids f- figure this out. It will stop gossip in its tracks. When you're strong with that, rather than, they are. They're doing what? I'll take care of this. You just pray for them, right? That's not the right way to handle that kind of stuff. So you you teach students to go back, and you deal with it. Or I can go back with you, and this would be a great moment for both of you, right? I've done it where the the person coming to me is very mature and broke over it. And we go to her friend, who is a guy, and solve the issue immediately in brokenness and prayer. I've gone where the person came to me and really was doing it out of accusation. And it was accusatory. And dropped it and left it with them and said, listen, why don't we both pray for them? And while we're doing that, is there anything in your life that we need to deal with, too? <laughs> right? So now you're teaching them, this is, a f- this is family. And this is how we deal with it with family, OK? Structure, accountability. So anyway, in that setting, you can walk yourself through how you're going to h- handle this. Ultimately, what we want handled is that both the person who have come to you, the accuser, and the person that's being accused can both be acquitted, (laughs) right? Forgiven, healed, involved, moved on, right? So sometimes we have to deal with here this concept. Um, Let me bring this to you. Of the counterfeit. Because sometimes it's easy to recognize counterfeit, but we don't even recognize the original in these conversations. The Abignali effect from Catch Me If You Can. Remember that's that, that movie? And they catch this guy, and they want to employ him, instead of putting him in prison, they want to employ him for the federal government. And he's going to show them how to catch crooks at counterfeiting money and they bring him in and they sit him down and they're like here's the fakes and here's the right and he says you guys are going about this wrong you're never going to determine the difference between the counterfeit and the and the real unless you study the real thing and what we've done is we've studied culture for so long we don't even know what the real is, the genuine. But we can pick out the counterfeit. And so what has to happen is, we have to spend more time looking at the scriptural than we're looking at the cultural. Okay? So what happens is, with this Abignali effect, and there's a whole, there's several pages in the book on that. As leaders, we need to be able to recognize a theological framework that we are comfortable enough, and that's if you'll listen to the first session, session one. I'm not sure what it'll be. It's not the breakout, but it's such a session. I deal with that that scriptural framework from that I showed you at the beginning, from Genesis to Revelation, because now I have a better understanding of the original or the genuine, and I can see the fake. Understood? Yeah. Um, let me go to one more area. So how do we deal with a student who comes to us and says, here's another story, and then we'll do Q&A because we're going to get backed up on this. Man. How do, we, how do we deal with a student who comes to you and says, I, I, think, I think God spoke to me that this is okay. I've prayed and asked him to take it away, and he won't. How many of you heard? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man. Dozens and dozens of times. Um, if God were so good, then he would remove this from me. All variations of that argument. Uh, I prayed, and I still feel the same way. Right? So now they want you to validate the fact That they've heard from God. (laughs) They've heard from God. That God said it's okay. So as a leader, what do you do? You really have to be thorough. Because God may have said that they're okay. That he loves them. That there's no broken fellowship here. God may be affirming them but not the issue they're dealing with. So just help kids help kids to say, now, now God said that he's okay with you. Okay, I think he's okay with you also, <laughs> but does that mean that he's okay with what you're practicing? Because this is what it says in his word, and I don't think he's going to go against that. And then I've had kids go, oh. See, they're not frontally developed yet. <laughs> so their argumentative process, they're, they're, they can't think philosophically. They cannot think coherently yet. Usually they're thinking passionately, not principally. Okay? They're thinking out of emotion, not ethic. Popularity, not principle. And feeling, not faith. You see the difference in all of those? They're thinking out of emotion, not an ethic. They're thinking out of popularity, not a principle. Everybody's do. All of my friends think, and they're thinking out of feelings and not, not faith. So they're, they're forgetting ethics. They're forgetting popularity, or I'm sorry, principle, and they're forgetting faith, theology. So somehow, you have to get them from their emotion, their motive argument, into framework. Okay, so I would say to them, listen, good, help me process what happened when, what were you thinking, what were you praying, and what did he say? Because this is what I'm th- This is what he said, so you got to tell me that God's not changing his mind. And the argument that we have, go back to that first session, I know this this might be a little repeat, but this will help you. Go back to scripture versus culture. You cannot, hear me, you cannot as spiritual leaders leave this just because they don't think it's true. Because there is enough here Okay. internally and externally. There is enough here that proves that when the Bible talked about a river, the river's there. When the Bible talked about a city, the city's there. When the Bible talked about a people and a nation and a heritage, we can find them today. So why would it lie about anything else? It's, it's pretty canonized. It, has, it is built within itself to be indestructible when when you talk to deconstructionists so what you have to do is to try to get students get past that emotion and that feeling and that popularity into those other areas okay and you and and you go on from there and find agreement and you say listen you prayed and it didn't go away I've done the same thing over like when I hear students say, I've been praying that he would remove lust from me. I'm like, mm, <laughs> mm, I don't, you're human. Okay, this girl, young middle school girl comes to me at the end of a youth convention, uh, walks up. And I had just made the statement that God, God loves you. I don't care what condition you're in, right? And same-sex attraction is not sin. Same-sex action, it, right? And I'm building that case. And she was stunned as a little middle schooler. She came up afterwards with the youth pastor's wife waiting to talk. She's like, sir, would you just say that again? And I'm like, I just talked a long time, say what, (laughs) right? Help me out here. And she's like, that attraction thing. I'm like, oh. So I said it again. She's like, I got to tell you what happened. So this is a Thursday opening night of a youth convention. That weekend before, just five or six days before, this little middle schooler is with her girlfriends, In one of her girlfriend's homes, in their bedroom, all sitting on a bed, texting boys watching Netflix in the dark. (laughs) Right? I'm like, hold it, what? Literally, I said that. She's like, we're all over at my girlfriend's house. We're on the bed. It's dark. And we're watching Netflix, and we're texting boys. And I had this thought. This is what she said. I had this thought. I want to kiss Katie. No, and the thought wouldn't go away, and I'm so confused. And so I go to school Monday, and I see Katie at the locker, and I walked up to her and I'm Katie, you know when we're at our friend's house under a blanket in the dark, texting boys, watching Netflix. <laughs> she didn't say that, but I was right. I had this thought: What would it be like to kiss you? And Katie looked at her and said. I had the same thought. We must be gay. This is what she said. Her, right, unchristian, we must be gay. And she was like, no, I reject that. This is just because, she's like, uh, I, don't know. I don't know about that, right? So this is Monday. She leads, comes to the convention and hears me say that. And now she's in this crisis. And I said, sweetheart, what do you think is going to cross your mind <laughs> when you're with your girlfriends In the dark, under a blanket, texting boys, watching Netflix. You are a freaking human. A lot of, I said, I bet a lot of thoughts came to your mind. Like, like he's hot. She's like, well, yeah. (laughs) Hello? God created you to be sexual. So I'm like, I bet you had other thoughts too. Like, playing with yourself. This is what I just said to her stimulating yourself, and she got all embarrassed, and the youth pastor's wife put her arm around her and said, pornography? Because she had confessed pornography before that. And tears well up in her eyes. Because I know these conversations kids have with each other. Pornography is not just a boy thing, dudettes. <laughs> and she was like, you're so right, but that freed me. That phrase that you said just free. So we prayed. She walks away, and here's another win. Uh, I shared this statement with her. Sometimes when you pray and it's not removed, God expects you to discipline yourself from it. Some things we are delivered from by holy, holy uh, uh, assignment in that moment. And God just, right, that teen challenge delivery. I shared the last crowd, how I was delivered from that, in a moment, at a party, raised in this. I was raised in this, but left home, at this party, 70 plus in the room, sitting at the table rolling my fourth marijuana stick. Already had a fifth of of, uh, peppermint schnapps, and I'm opening up another trashed at this party, and the Holy Spirit starts convicting me of my sin. And I remember thinking, no, God, no, God, not here. Can we do it at church, right? Because I'd been through that before. And right there, I gave my heart to Christ at that party. Hear me, from that night on, May 1980, I never smoked, I never drank, I never cussed. Athletes, I was a baller. I've never cussed again from that night on. Like honestly, I've heard my friends say the fact that you stopped cussing at practice on Monday convinced us this is right. God takes me through this transformation that whole next year of witnessing to my friends all because they knew what God had done so clearly. Yes, I believe God can deliver you, but there are some things he's very clear on. This is the standard, discipline yourself from it. It's your responsibility, not God's. Just because we know the Ten Commandments and we want to break them, is that God's fault? No, it's the sin nature in you, and you have to deal with it. Understand that concept of discipline and deliverance? All right. Wow, man, there's more. I love this. Can I throw this up there? Um, Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Oh yeah. Here's a really clear way to look at it. A holistic look at the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, gives a clear scriptural stance on the sanctity of gender, marriage, and sexuality, sex. Man, it is so clear. It is so clear from here. Remember the text that we did first? No, you won't remember. The first session we did six stops through the text. Six sex stops to deal with gender and marriage and sex. And it's so clear. There's no ambiguity. Now, there's some ambiguity with certain things. Like, you know, I brought up the Jonathan and David, so we just got to work through that. There's some ambiguity with Sodom and Gomorrah. But, uh, I'm okay with people making the statement that Sodom and Gomorrah were punished not because of homosexuality, but because they didn't take care of the poor. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And, yes, and, hello? It's never one thing, but they'll, they'll try to pull that out. And then I go back to Jude, and Jude said Sark's flesh when he said Sodom and Gomorrah. He wasn't just talking about sex with angels, He was talking about sex with humans. So there's a a way to get around all the arguments. That's, you know, holistic. The scriptures are pretty holistic. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. (laughs) All right. How can I help you? What, you know, uh, about these kind of things that we just talked about? Can I I unpack something better? Go. Uh, Here, let's wait because we're going to get this recorded. Yep. And we have someone coming right now.
0: Thank you. I just wanted to go back to when you were talking about um, when you were talking with the girl, and you said, um, "You know, you will still use your cisgender bathroom, and we will still refer yep. to you in yep. that pronoun." Um, we've not had it happen at church, but I know in our local high school, right. um, there is—I uh, don't know if it's antagonistic or—but sure. th- they are. Yeah. By the time they get to that point, where they are asking to be called yep. another pronoun and things like that. It's almost like they're demanding. That's the word I'm looking for. They yeah. d- they're demanding it. So have you talked with kids, and how right. do you work with kids who are more demanding and not yeah. as open as she was yeah. to go along with what you were asking
1: totally. of her? So keep, this is where it's not winning the argument and losing the friendship. So at some point, I have to put that aside and keep the relationship. okay? And then there's this, wow, we were just talking about this at, at, at lunch at one of the tables. Where's the line of attendance. Well, listen, we are still the church. And my line is, I'm going to be very clear that you are going to crawl over a mountain of grace to go to hell. In my ministry, you're going to crawl over a mountain of grace. And that mountain of grace begins with communication. So you, you may have to sit down a group of kids who are that way at school, but are not going to be allowed to be that way here. And just say to them, listen, We are not the school. We're not the government. The the last time I looked, the Bible did not say our Father, which art in Washington, hello. And we have to be very clear with people. If you're going to come here and you want the love and the acceptance and the standard and the beauty of his presence here, there are some things we have to agree on. We're not going to agree on everything, but here's what we're going to agree on. Right? I've had that with them. It is rare, I'm telling you, it is rare that they just say, fine, then I'm not coming. It's happened, but I'm telling you, it's rare when you do it in love. If you just say to them when they walk in and you stop, listen, there's certain rules here so you can't come, they're gone. And to be honest, I would go too if somebody said that to me. But if somebody brought me in and said, you know what, you got a month here to acclimate to this place and how we do things around here. And then I want to talk to you at the end of that month how things went. Wow. Give the Holy Spirit a chance with your conversation. So I would say have an extended conversation. I would say, um, can you meet me halfway? Can you meet me? I don't care if you two sit together. I, I really don't care if you two sit together. But could you not kiss her? I don't let the others do it. I don't let heterosexuals do that. So so we have certain things, because we're going to focus on Christ here, right? So it's just clarity. So have the uh, awkward, I love having awkward conversations, first of all, (laughs) right? Like, oh, yeah, dude. I will sit down with my LG friends and be like, all right, why do you hate the church? You know, or I'll say, listen, uh, I know you, uh, you know my brother, and my brother approved of this book. He may not agree with everything, but he, he, he likes the fact out. So tell me where did I go wrong? Like, I'll ask, you know, I love that. Um, and they're like, oh, Jeff, no, we don't care, you know, and whatever. And the give and take comes out of clear communication. Follow up, help, push back, push back on me. Like, live right now. Is, is this helping? It, how would you follow up on that? Is there something else that I could help you with? Sure. Somebody else on that? Could you hand hand her that? Yeah.
0: So, I have a, a student who um probably about a month ago came and said he's moved in with his girlfriend. He yep. was on, he was actually leading worship with me um before I could even, you know, say anything. He's like, "Well, I'll step out of worship if you want yeah. me to." My response was I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about where you are and why yep. this is okay. Good. And even knowing that he knows it's not wrong, eventually he, he stepped out himself. He knew it was not right. Yeah. He's coming. He still attends church. He still comes. And when he's not able to be there physically, he joins our Zoom. But as a, especially as a female youth pastor, single. Sure. How, I mean, how do I keep, we talk. I mean, he actually invited me to lunch with him and his girlfriend, which was very awkward. Um, and he made Hold it! it. Stop! Not stop! Me. Stop!
1: Stop! 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 Why? Why
0: did he invite Why? me? No.
1: Why was that awkward?
0: He made it awkward because he was not. It wasn't
1: awkward on your point. It though. wasn't.
0: No, I was. Good. Talking, Good. He Good. was very awkward. Got I guess. It. See, that's not what me. we got to
1: change. We have to be able to look at them in the eye and say, "So, she's dealing with that. He's dealing with that. I'm dealing with. You're dealing with. Right. Welcome to the misfits." Okay. Right, so I just I'm glad it wasn't you as much as you felt good.
0: Yeah, but I felt like as I'm trying to talk to him, he's very awkward and yawning and say, "Oh, I'm tired." And I had a great conversation with his girlfriend. But how do I still continue to have that relationship? But also, what they're doing is not.
1: Yeah. So, man, you have students who are lying, who disrespect their parents, who broken that commandment and do not obey their parents. You write all of this. How do you get along with them? The same way we should get along with the scarlet letter kids. And I'm not trying to pass this off, honestly. I'm just telling you, I, I, I don't see that we have to treat them any different. Now, I get it. I get it. The scriptures say there is a sin unto the body, and, there, and there's, that's, a, that's a legitimate um, claim when it comes to sexual sin. I, I understand that. Or Cutting. Because the, the sin against the body is not just a sexual sin. It's it's destroying the, t- the temple, which honestly, okay, could be obesity. And I'm not afraid to go there. I do it often, but we don't have the time to go there now. We we don't we don't we don't check weight when someone walks on the platform. So why would we check there? Hello. So. I would just say, when you have these students, clarity is the best way to get an understanding. About the bathroom issue, I would, honestly, I would just say, listen, not all the government has switched over. You got to use this. There's certain bathrooms you got to use right now. So you're going to use those here because we're not switching over. If they, hear me, if they don't have a safe place of definition and morality, where are they going to get it in the next 10 years? So I've told I've I've, mentioned this, I mention this all the time, it's it's in there too. If we lose this, how much lower can it get? We cannot lose this. So if I'm gonna err, I know this probably goes against maybe what some of you are thinking. If I'm gonna err on this subject, I'm gonna err on the side of grace. I want them here. And I know how to keep the truth and the grace going at the same time. Sometimes I just pass off the, that argument to find where we agree on. Like I have said to, in your, in your case right now, I have said to, to a student, I know you love it here, and I'm gonna do everything I can to keep you here. Right? That common ground, I know you love his presence, but I can't let you use the boys' bathroom just because you started change, right? Camp, guys are dealing with the camp right now. What do we do with camp and, and rooms? It's easy. You're choosing to come to my house, and my house has rules. Just like if you went to the government's house, and you went to, there's still places that have, did you notice Tuesday? Man, I know we gotta go, we gotta go. Do, do you know that the, the, the gym teacher, who was brought before the board and made a huge uh, mess of that, right, was reinstated back in school Tuesday this week, reinstated back in school, and said, I am not calling you by your pronoun. Your name is, and that's the name on the grade book. That's the name on on your ID. And so that's who you are. And he stood, and the courts stood behind him. Huge win for us. Huge win for us. So we got to stand strong. We got to. We can't give up on that. We, we can't give in on this one. Can't do it. Can't do it. Remember what Jesus, even when Jesus was cozy with the crooks, remember that language, sitting with the sinners? Because this is what they say. Well, Jesus was with the crooks, mm-hmm. and the Bible says, he preached the gospel to them. So as much grace, 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 grace as we want, as Paul said, you cannot, take a, you cannot separate grace and truth. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't meet with them and give them sloppy agape. Here you go. Just keep doing what you're doing. Jesus never told them, keep doing what you're doing. John 7, the woman comes, the rocks drop, and what did he say? Just keep doing what you're doing. It's okay. We love you. Uh-uh. He said, Go. And sin, not struggle, not leaning, not addiction, not it's what I'm dealing with. No, no, no. He said go and sin no more. Called her out. So why would we be afraid to? When you sit with sinners, you better bring the gospel. You better bring the gospel or you're not doing it his way. Don't just sit with them and have Cool little talks and cozy little talks and can we just chit-chat, we just chit-chat. Jesus didn't chit-chat, he brought the truth, right? Ah, we're done.